Today's scripture readings, uh, John chapter 4, uh, verses 7 to 14. And Evelyn, we're reading Chinese first. Yohan 耶稣回答说你若知道神的恩赐难道你比他还大吗？耶稣回答说：“凡喝这水的，还要再渴；人若喝我所赐的水，就永远不渴。我所赐的水要在他里头成为泉源，只涌到永生。”When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "Will you give me a water? Will you give me a drink?" His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritan. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, woman, <coughs> the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks this water that I gave them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I gave them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks to be to God. Good morning, everyone. Happy Chinese New Year. The custom here is uh, you can say Happy Chinese New Year within the first 15 days. So we haven't reached that 15 days yet. For those of you uh, new to CCC, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is James Chen. I joined the CCC 14 years ago, and uh, now I'm uh, one of the elders. <clears throat> so I have become Christian for 10 years, and uh, until last December, I had a difficult to hear God's voice clearly and uh, feel His presence vividly. I always long for an intimate relationship with God. So in 10 years, God normally leads me or reveals himself to me through Bible study, through fellowship, through service, or sometimes through the nature. But I had a, 
I didn't have chance to hear God talk to me. To the contrary, my wife Joanne always shared with me. Yesterday, he heard God talk to her about this, and today God tell her about that. So she shared with me that experience so many times to the point I start questioning. Not directly questioning her. Actually, in my mind, is that true? Are you exaggerating? Because I could not hear God's voice for such a long period of time. In ten years, also I didn't have any dream about Jesus.、Uh, in 2016, my mother died. I prayed to God. I need a confirmation. About my mother, my mother was saved, and、uh, so I pray that、uh, my mother will come to my dream. I thought it will be easier to dream about my mother because we're close than dream about Jesus. Unfortunately, in the about a year and a half, my mother didn't come to my dream either. So last December, about. Less three months ago, I joined a program in Hong Kong. That program was a training program for screenplay writing. <clears throat> so it is eight days, a little bit longer than normal、uh, retreat or training. And the first two days was for meditation, led by the teacher. So I thought about. Skipping these first two days because my interest is about get professional training about screenplay writing. However, the organizer told me the first two days is mandatory because our teacher was very serious about the meditation. <clears throat> But still, I was late for the first session of the meditation. When I arrived. I had my luggage with me. I wanted to rush into the classroom. Then the organizer stopped me, say, "Hey, slow down, slow down." Then I noticed all the students actually are outside of the classroom. They are in the practice of offloading the invisible baggage. I, th- I think we, what we know, right, is、uh, is very true. We have our worldly baggage. On us、uh, every moment. So okay, I thought I joined them, and to me, I do need to offload. I need to offload my visible baggage. Of course, I just、uh, rushed from airport. I really need to calm down. <clears throat> and、um, the teacher、uh, is a very well-known、uh, playwright and、uh, on-stage director. She wrote and、uh, directed 28 dramas, and、um, she is a, a sister、uh, working for Mary Nor Sister Center in New York. So the way she uh, led uh, meditation uh, is uh, to me is、uh, is very different, and she used a lot of artistic reading material. For example, she opened it by reading. Paragraph from a novel called *Hidden Years*,、uh, written by author Neil Boyd. 
B-O-Y-D. I think we still can buy this book from Amazon. This novel is about Jesus' life prior to his ministry. So it is a fiction, right? Because the Bible didn't really talk too much about Jesus' life uh, um, prior to his uh, three and a half year ministry. <clears throat> then in the later part of the first day meditation, Joanna Chen, that's uh, the teacher's name, Joanna Chen, C-H-A-N, asked our, 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 us to go outside of the classroom again. And at this time, she said, Jesus is waiting at the well for you. This will be once-in-life opportunity for you to talk to Jesus for 30 minutes. Okay, so well and Jesus waiting on well, I think uh, we just had a scripture reading and uh, we read the first part of that story, uh, John chapter 4 from verse 7 to 15. So I will read the rest of the story from uh, verse 16. Yes. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man now you have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of the worships the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worships must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciple returned and were surprised to find he's talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why you are talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be Messiah? They came out of town and made their way towards him. Okay, so I think uh, all of us are very familiar with passage. So today I try to look at this encountering Jesus from a little bit of different view. And uh, I like to look at from, uh, look from the Samaritan's point of view and that this encountering Jesus consists of uh, five surprises to her. The first surprise 
is that Jesus' initiation of the conversation. As we know, there is an animosity between Jews and the Samaritans. They cannot get along each other. And the, the woman herself has a very low social status. She might have better reputation. <clears throat> so she never expect Jesus, a Jewish man, will start talking to her. So I, th I, I think her reaction is, uh, are you talking to me? It is a first surprise to her. The second surprise is that uh, the special water Jesus is talking about. After reading this passage, you can see it took a while for the lady to realize Jesus is not talking about the, the physical water. Jesus is talking about the spiritual water, <clears throat> the source of our life. The third surprise to the woman is Jesus pointed out her secrets. So a stranger, you know, never met her before, knows her very well, knows every secret of her life. And uh, that's why the lady concluded so quickly, you must be prophet. So that's third surprise. The fourth surprise is Jesus' response to this woman's tough question. The question is about where to worship God. Basically, the lady pointed out a fact. You Jews and we Samaritans, we don't have anything in common. We worship here on this mountain, and you worship in, Ju uh, in, in Jerusalem, and we are not uh, welcome each other. So that's, I think, it's a very tough question. <clears throat> and Jesus' answer is, the worship is neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The right place to worship God is in our heart. The fifth surprise, I think it is a surprise to us, maybe not so much to the lady, is the lady left her water jar, which is a, a precious tool at that time, and run back to the town and uh, share this great news with everyone and brought everyone out of the town, come towards Jesus. So this is a little bit different perspective to look at uh, this uh, encountering Jesus. Now, how long does this conversation last? Maybe 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. But this lady is totally transformed from a low moral, low social status, a normal Samaritan woman to a Jesus advocate. <clears throat> So today, if we record the process of uh, our own transformation from a non-believer to a Jesus follower, how long it takes? Maybe some of us take just as long as 30 minutes, and maybe some of you, like me, take 30 years. <clears throat> so. Uh, I think this passage can summarize the process of our transformation 
very well. So I will organize into the five stages. First stage, Jesus finds us. Just like Jesus is there waiting at the well for this lady. In my own situation, <clears throat> Jesus sent a young man sitting next to me in the car for eight hours. At that time, I need to drive from Los Angeles to San Francisco. And he said, uh, okay, I have nothing to do. I can just sit next to you, talking to you, so keep you awake. And uh, actually, he used that eight hours to share Jesus' story to me. So that's my first stage, Jesus finds me. The second stage is uh, Jesus address our spiritual needs. Many times, we come to God because we have material needs. We ask for medical healing. We ask for uh, getting out of suffering. We ask for education opportunity, job opportunity. <clears throat> but many times, God changed the topic, changed the subject from the material needs to our spiritual needs. So I think uh, that is the second stage of our transformation. Now, I didn't have uh, the privilege uh, transformed right in that eight hours because at that time, I'm still very much dependent on my own strength, which is a hardworking habit to cope with the challenge I was facing at that time or to get the material needs I needed. But the two years after that eight hours conversation, I finally realized I need God to save me, to prevent me from the corruption, to pull me out from thinking into a very deep pit. So that is uh, <clears throat> the second stage of the transformation and the God address our spiritual needs. The third stage is uh, God lead us look inward. God help us confess and repent. And God help me to see I'm a sinner. The first moment I refuse, the great news is I still feel I'm a good person. You know, I compare to many people around me, yes, I made lots of mistakes, but I'm better than average. I'm still a good person. So in this third stage, God helps me to see I'm really a sinner. And we come to realization that God really knows us, knows us more than we do know, we know ourselves. And God knows every secret, just like he knows the secrets of this Samaritan woman. This realization is uh, important for us to establish a personal relationship with Jesus so we can welcome Jesus as our personal savior. The fourth stage is uh, God help us look upward. Who is God? W how to worship him? So the first three years at CCC, that is this stage. And uh, a lot of uh, testimony, a lot of teaching happened here help me realize fully and help me to be convinced 
Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. So that is the fourth stage. And the fifth stage is uh, God helps us go outward. After become a Christian, we are witness to Jesus. I become witness to Jesus, to my driver, to my secretary, my colleagues, my friends. So those are the five stages, I think, uh, of the transformation represent this lady encountering Jesus at the wall. <clears throat> so today, I think uh, we are following Jesus. We have our journey, and uh, many of us uh, encounter the God. <clears throat> and uh, that process or that experience can also summarized into five steps by this passage. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So the first is uh, Jesus waiting at the wall. Well, <clears throat> this well can be your material needs, again, can be the moment you feel your heart is dry, your spiritual water is low. So that is the first step of encountering Jesus. The second step is Jesus will well up the spiritual water inside you. <clears throat> Just like uh, Jesus provided the lady uh, with the spiritual water, Jesus will add the spiritual water to us. The third step is this water will go inside, from outside to inside, so we become more intimate with Jesus. Then this, go, this water will go upside. Then we will become a better worshiper. And uh, <clears throat> we will worship him wholeheartedly. The fourth step is, uh, uh, the fifth step is the water will go outside. We will become more energetic, more impactful to share gospel. So, after we become Christian, Jesus keeps on finding us at well, at a lot of circumstances, and we normally have that five steps to get together with, with him. So although each of five steps are very important, equally important, but today I'd like to just focus on the third step, and uh, the water go inside, and uh, we have a deeper relationship with Jesus. I believe the third step is important. That's why for 10 years, I long for hearing God's voice and feel his presence uh, vividly, but I felt that I, I didn't have enough <clears throat> because I believe without that third step, it's hard to have uh, four steps because we worship God, whether our worship God in song, in offering, in service, in Bible study. Jesus teaches us we need to worship God sincerely and wholeheartedly. You know, we can reflect, are we doing that? You know, in doing the ministry work, are we doing the worship as Jesus required us. You know, it is a, I, 
I believe it is impossible for King David to praise God and worship God in Psalms in such an emotional and professional way if he didn't have such a closeness with God in his struggle. <clears throat> so the third step also is uh, important to the fifth step, going outward. The lady was, the Samaritan lady was so excited. He forgot about the water jar. Again, in her age, it is a very important tool. Maybe he, she purposely, you know, left the water jar there so she can run back quickly, so she can bring back, uh, bring the, the, the people out to see, to meet Jesus. But uh, regardless, to her, to share this great news is so much important now than this water jar. <clears throat> I think uh, we all know that uh, Paul had this miraculous encounter with Jesus on his way to Damascus. The bright light blinded him for three days. In the light, Jesus came, talked to him. I think it's uh, hard to imagine without that wow or miraculous encountering Jesus, Paul will have such a devotion, such a passion, such a long time commitment and endurance in sheer gospel with Gentiles. I heard a story from uh, Alpha Program. <clears throat> I think uh, many of us know Alpha Program because our church went through the study of Alpha Program. Uh, uh, this is a true story. A girl wanted to become Christian, but she's afraid of uh, sharing that decision with her friends. So she talked to her pastor. She asked the pastor, is it okay for me to become Christian without telling people I'm Christian? So the pastor thought for a while, said, it's okay. You can do that. So the girl was very happy and become Christian. Then after that, she one by one, she just told every of his, her friends. She said, she said, it's so amazing. You can become Christian without telling people. <clears throat> so I think this story also reflects if you're sincerely excited about Jesus and you naturally will go out We'll carry this great commission. We'll share this great news with your friends. I think it's no accident that uh, uh, Jesus and his disciples goes through Samaritans. Can we look at the map? Because normally, Jews wanted to go around that area. So for Jesus to go through it, certainly he wanted to Accomplish something. And also, I don't think uh, it is an accident for Jesus just sitting there at the well because uh, uh, he is thirsty. He may be thirsty, but he's waiting for someone. He's waiting for this particular woman. So if we reflect on our um, experience of uh, first encountering God, I think uh, we can find 
Jesus is waiting at the well patiently for us in the first place. <clears throat> and also after that, Jesus is waiting at the well again and again. And even though many times I don't feel that, I don't see that, I didn't hear his talking until that afternoon. So this campground is called uh, uh, Breakthrough Youth Village. And uh, that is uh, one of the photos I can find. And um, no wells, by the way. And, but it's a very beautiful uh, campground surrounded by tree and the hills and uh, is in the middle of the mountain and uh, it can overlook Taurong Bay in Hong Kong. So it's uh, very easy for um, each of about 20 students to go out, find uh, a very quiet and a beautiful spot. <coughs> so, so I found a wooden bench and uh, I sit down and uh, close my eyes. I saw Jesus. And uh, I, I wanted to ask something. Before I opened my mouth, Jesus told me, I know. I know your childhood. I keep all the good memories in your brain. I remove all the bad, bad memories. So the childhood Jesus is talking about is about, about four or five years I lived in village. At that time, my parents were sent to labor camp. So no adults can take care of my sister and I. So when I was five, I was sent to the village where uh, my AI uh, lives. So I spent two years there. After two years, I moved to my grandma's village, spent two years. It's wonderful. All my memory about the, the village life is fun, beautiful. We play together. I have zero memory about any challenge, any difficulty, any suffering. You know, I, I don't know why, but Jesus explained it. I kept all the good memory to you. When I grew up, uh, I think just a few years ago, I checked with my sister because my sister lived with me for three years and I lived for uh, four years. You know, I, I asked her, do you remember anything? My sister says, yes, I remember. I remember every day, two of us held each other crying every day. I said, no, I didn't remember. I have zero memory on that. Even my memory about I was sick, lying on the bed in my grandma's village, all I remember is my grandma gave me a piece of candy. I didn't remember any pain or any uncomfortable during the sickness. <clears throat> so that is the, the, the first conversation. Jesus really know me. Then I want to ask something more. 
this is a once in a lifetime. So I said, Jesus, what about, again, before I start, I finish the question, Jesus said, I know. Your daughter will be fine. Your son will be fine. I personally look after them. They will be fine. Then I wanted to know something else. <clears throat> you know, I asked, uh, what about my marriage? Because at that time, Joanne and I, we had some uh, conflict and we have some challenges. And Jesus said, don't worry, the marriage will be fine. So then after that, Jesus is like a big brother and I hold my shoulder, we start walking in the yard. And Jesus asked me, are you happy? You enjoy this class. You know, I just start learning how to write. Then I start sharing <coughs> my feeling, you know, just like a kid on and on with lots of joy, excitement. And two of us walking, he's just holding my shoulder, listen, smile, and, uh, and walk. <clears throat> so that night, uh, I called Joanne. I said, uh, I had a conversation with Jesus. You know, I complained about I could not hear God's voice. This time it's not just uh, some whisper or short sentence or a few words. It is a 30 minutes long conversation. And this breakthrough is uh, so interesting, happened in this called the Breakthrough Youth Village. And uh, my wife cried on the phone and uh, she said, God is good, God is good. <coughs> so that is uh, my uh, sharing today. And uh, if you have a similar feeling, oh, I cannot hear God's voice clearly. Um, my suggestion is don't worry and uh, there is many ways God will lead you not just one way but he will find you and he will wait at your well so let's pray <coughs> dear Heavenly Father thank you for your great love and uh, your son Jesus we always remember it's you select us first. It's Jesus waiting at the well in the first place. We pray that uh, Jesus will keep meeting us again and again to well up our spiritual water so we can be intimate with Jesus and our relationship with you will be 
stronger and deepen. And we pray that the spiritual water will flow out to our friends around us, to our family members around us. And uh, we thank you so much. You saved us. Now you want to spend time with us, have conversation with us. Just walk with us. We thank you for that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, James, thank you. It was, uh, James has shared that with us at the elders' meeting, and it's a, a compelling testimony. I got back from Australia yesterday, and Rick asked me to get up here this morning and tell you all that we're, as a church, almost broke. And uh, so I've done that part of it. <clears throat> uh, it's up to you what you do with that. It's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a real need there financially. But this morning I was praying and I felt like God said to me really clearly, I want you to share about how you learned to hear my voice. And I'm like, okay, that's better than talking about money. And then James, I walk in this morning and James says, I'm going to talk about what you just shared. And I'm like, Lord, do I still share it? And I feel like God's saying yes, you know. So there's somebody here who really, really needs to hear this because you're going to get it twice. And it's only going to be quick. But when I was a young Christian, a bit stupid, 20-year-old, uh, part of a very wild, charismatic group, everybody was always talking, like you said, like, Joanne would tell you that, you know, they've heard God say this and they've heard God say that. And I was sort of really on the edge of this. I was a new Christian. I'm like, Lord, what on earth, what's this all about? And then I found the scripture, and if you can stick that one up, you know that in John 10, 27, and it says, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they know me. And I'm like, oh, we're like sheep. We listen to a voice. And, you know, a voice to me is something audible that comes in your ears. But I got down and I prayed and said, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to know that it's you. I want to be sure that it's you. And uh, I, I just sat there quietly, a little bit like you were in the meditation, you know. And I sat there quietly and I felt like this voice said, I love you. And then I felt really, really stupid because I'm like, no, this is me talking to me telling me that I love me, you know? I mean, it's like, I was embarrassed, I, I tell you, I really was. And I'm like, is that you? And he said, yeah, I love you. And I'm like, are you really sure that's you? <laughs> it, was it was a really strange conversation. It wasn't as spiritual as yours. It was very strange. But it, it was that this voice, and it was just a thought in my head. As I went on with that, I sort of felt like there was another scripture that came into my mind that talked about the fact that, you know, the Holy Spirit, that only the Holy Spirit can f confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And so I asked this voice in my head, is Jesus Christ Lord of Lords and King of Kings? And the voice said, yeah, I am. 
the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And I'm like, oh, now this is scary. I'm actually hearing what I really think is God, and he's talking to me. So I went from there, and, you know, I, I did lots of little things, but one day I was driving along, I, I was a sales rep, driving along in my car, and I said to the voice that I believed was God, I said, is Alan Collins in? Because I was driving close to this person's house who a, was a mentor that used to come along to our Christian group. And the voice said, yeah. Now I'm really scared because I'm going to go and stop at that door and the voice that I believe that's God has said, yes, that person's in. What if that person's out? Then I've completely blown it and I haven't been listening properly, you know. So I go up and I knock on this guy's door. No answer. Knocked again. No answer. And... I'm like, no, this has all gone wrong. You know, I've got it completely wrong. Everything's wrong. But I walked down the drive, got to the end of the drive, and then this voice shouted out of the garden, Hi, Rob, what do you want? And it was Alan Collins who had gone there to see. He was in. And it was Jesus that was talking to me. I'm sharing this with you for one, and one reason only, is that God wants to have a personal relationship with you where each one of you, you hear what God's saying. You know, because like in the, Jewish, the old times, when Jesus was on the earth, he's doing things around us that don't fit the conventions. You know, and if Jesus came back today, he'd be meeting with the gays in the community. He'd be meeting with the lesbians. He'd be meeting with the Donald Trumps in the community, the, the rich people. He wouldn't be necessarily doing the things that we would expect him to do. And if we really want to be tuned in to Jesus and we want to hear his voice, we need to be hearing from him individually, clearly. And so I just encourage you, pray. Seek God. Ask him. You know, he's faithful. He'll answer you.